What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 109 of the CanadianGameDevs.com podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Steve. One of the main dudes behind CanadianGameDevs.com. Still got to get used to saying one of the main dudes. With me is the other main dude, or one of the other main dudes, if you count Brett. Uh, it's Steven. Hello. Uh, I've been meaning to ask you, even though I've introduced you like three times now. Your your name is spelled Steven, but with an A-N. Yeah. Do I, it's, pro- uh, do I pronounce it's... that any differently? or? No, it's supposed to be Steven, but... Yeah, my dad was just really tired when he filled out my birth certificate, and <laughs> he botched it. So it's phonetically Stefan, but you sh- it's supposed to be Stephen, is what the intention was. And so, do you get teased a lot and called Ste- uh, like Stefan, or do you get like called Fan, uh, Stephen Fan, or whatever? I got called Stephanie a lot. Yeah, because that's the next logical step for <laughs> middle schoolers to take. That yeah, that's fair. Um. I'm in the same world. So we, we only differ by one letter. But um, And Brett is gone for the second week in a row. Last week, he was at a Pride Parade. This week, he is actually in Toronto. But he's, oh, nice. at, he's at SummerSlam, um, which is a WWE thing, I think, right? He just I'm said, not sure. He just said, I'm at SummerSlam, which I think is a wrestling thing. That sounds like a wrestling thing. Let me just Google SummerSlam and see what comes up. Yeah, SummerSlam 2019 wrestling pay-per-view event. So he's there. That's cool. So he's not coming on the podcast. Once again, that's fine. We'll we'll hold down the fort. Uh, just a quick reminder that patrons do get the podcast a couple days earlier, so you can go to patreon.com slash devs uh, and help support the site, help support us, help support grow the site. We've been working on a few things in the back end um, that we're kind of excited to, to share and whatnot, but I think maybe we should just kind of get this going. We'll talk about events and other things we want to hype up. Steven, is there anything in particular you want to hype up or, or talk about or mention before we kind of dive right in? Um, there's a couple of events happening out here soon that just got announced and tickets are on sale. There you go. So, why, so in Halifax? Why don't we, why yeah. Don't, yeah. Let's talk about the Halifax so events. The first one is the Game Dev Atlantic Conference presented by HalCon, which is like Halifax Comic Con and the Interactive Society of Nova Scotia. And this is uh, the first time the event's running. Uh, it's a, quote, game development conference designed for industry members, both present and future, uh, which feature panels from various local studios covering a variety of topics. And yeah, so the the call for entries for talks is open. So if you're a game developer coming or out here who wants to give a talk, you can do that. And the tickets are on sale for people who just want to attend. It's like 10 bucks, So you get a whole day of... And lunch and dinner are provided, so that I think personally just makes it worth it there as someone who likes cheap food. But you also get to go to all the talks and meet everybody and network. So yeah, Game Dev Atlantic happening. Oh man, I need to find the date. <laughs> you get, I was you like, get lunch and dinner? Yeah, which just like makes it worth it for me, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, but, I would just go just for that. And then, I mean, if it's a good event, it's a good event, but... I would just go for the food. Like ten bucks, can't buy you that much food these days. Man, they don't have the date on their thing. That's just bad <laughs> sign on their part. There we go. So it is the Eventbrite page says that it's Thursday, October twenty fourth, uh, from one p.m. to eleven p.m. Um, and that's at the Four Points, right downtown, the Sheridan. 
Yeah, tickets are 10 bucks, so grab those. And the other event that got announced this week, uh, Halifax Jam 2, or Fax Jam. The picture's like the lobster with the game controller. It's cute. That's happening Friday, November 8th to Sunday, November 10th. Uh, location TBD. Uh, but I heard last year that it was a lot of fun. A lot of cool games got made. And last year it was sponsored by Ubisoft, so it was, it was a pretty big deal and a bunch of the people from remy games where i work went and so a bunch of us are probably going to go this year um they actually gave me they had a bunch of like the t-shirts left over so i have one with the lobster on it it's pretty cool and that's happening november 8th and tickets are also on sale tickets are also 10 bucks and that's for the whole weekend i don't think that covers food though that's just to get in oh no it does cover oh my god halifax feeds you right out there oh no it doesn't oh never mind i was i was wrong (laughs) I'm just reminded that there is a Ubisoft studio out in Halifax. I wonder what games they've... Uh, it's all mobile games. So I think the Raymond mobile game and a couple of like the companion apps, like, you know, the... What was the one that got announced at E3 for... The Division, that that new mobile app. Oh, is there a Division mobile app? Yeah, it was kind of a, a snoozer personally during the presentation, but now there's like a... I think it's a turn-based, it's kind of like side view... Uh, mobile app, companion app for the division. Yeah, so they do a bunch of mobile games for Ubisoft properties. Yeah, I'm actually a huge sucker for for companion apps. I really love them for some reason. Um, I liked it. Um, there was one for Fallout Four where you turned your phone into the Pip Boy, and it was basically like managing your inventory, the map, and the radio, and everything like on your phone, which was just convenient. Like it actually like made the game better in my opinion. Yeah. There's the um, there was the one for Red Dead Redemption Two is really cool because you could just have the map, like you you could just have the map displayed there. So instead of like always looking at the map and whatnot, you could just kind of glance over and look at your iPad or your phone or whatever and just see where like where things are around you. That That's was, cool. I didn't download that one. Yeah, I should have given that one a go. It's it's pretty neat. It has like the other like social shit in there where you could check your like challenges and all that crap. But the map part was like really really like really cool. I'm I'm on the Ubisoft Halifax's thing, but when you go to games there, it just kind of takes you to Ubisoft generic uh, thing. But I think you're right; it's mostly mobile. I remember like getting a demo for like a mobile game that was like a like a Tom Clancy like sniping game. Um, I I don't remember all the details of it, but I remember it was like it was developed in Halifax. I'm going to check my emails and stuff, but either way. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, there is. Uh, so we mentioned some of the ones, other ones last uh, last week. So there's Fan Expo that's happening uh, end of August here in Toronto. Uh, game Slice, which was a sort of a preview of games um, for testing and whatnot, that's happening in London, Ontario, uh, September thirteenth. EGLX, which we'll be at uh, Friday, October eighteenth to October twentieth here in Toronto, and Migs out in Montreal, which confer- uh, I was confirmed that we won't be at uh in november because they don't have like um they don't have like a community room style sort of thing that's similar that eglx has so um Mm -hmm. we might have media passes but we won't actually be there but also my daughter is born like right around that time so it was already kind of a uh you know an off chance that i was going to go anyways um but the the other one that I was kind of told about this week was the cne gaming garage this is uh they've had this a couple times now this is the third year i believe um where just for the opening weekend this year at the CNE, which is the yearly 
kind of end of summer festival here in Toronto. Um, they'll have like kind of games and, and people and stuff like that. So kind of funny will actually be there. Uh, they're going to have like a little panel on Drinkbox Studios, which uh, is a local indie developer, uh, as well as Watch Dogs um, and Ubisoft are going to kind of show off the, the game uh, there. So that will be the first weekend of um, the CNE. So that's awesome yeah i didn't get a chance to go last year i don't remember why i remember being told i should go and someone even wrote some stories on the games that were there and stuff and, and i overheard it was a good time i don't remember why i didn't go i wonder and i don't think i can go this time either because it's next it's this weekend and we have like our baby shower and stuff like that so i might have to miss it two years in a row which is too bad i went to the cne last year and i was actually demoing a game for speaks inc which is a kind of like an educational software company in toronto yeah and we were in the um, kind of like tech wing with like the fighting robots and Nintendo's had their Labo booth there and stuff. Did you it was a lot get, of fun. Did you actually get to try a Labo? Yeah, I got to play with one. Um, Is it dumb? It's cardboard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, my, my friends bought some and uh, when I was at Laurier, we had a couple in like our lab space. And it's definitely really cool for like the back end stuff you can do with it like you can basically do like visual code programming with your joy cons so if you wanted to make like a piano that you used by moving your finger closer to the ir sensor and further away you could do that and it was like mm. it was really cool stuff but you're also paying like 130 bucks for cardboard and yeah. it's not the most durable material like you definitely just sit on it and then it's ruined but hey, it's a toy, and Nintendo's good at making toys. So yeah, I don't hear much about Labo anymore. I feel like it's kind of gone. I don't think it did as well as they wanted to. Like every time I go to EV Games, it's like getting cheaper and cheaper for the new sets. So, so I don't know. I feel like it might be going away. And also with uh, the Nintendo Switch Lite that got announced, it doesn't have detachable Joy Cons, so the Labo's not going to work. Oh, and that's, yeah, that's a good point. I, didn't I think. think about yeah, with the success of Pokemon probably this fall and they're pushing the Switch Lite with it, they're going to start to like fragment their market of like a lot of people who don't have detachable Joy-Cons and a lot of people who do. Yeah. And then to make their game work for both, they won't be able to count on you having that. And I think that'll be the death of Labo, in my opinion. It's kind of like what happened with Kinect with Xbox. Because mm-hmm. it was when the Xbox One first launched, Kinect was like part of it. It was like, I don't know if it was built in or just it just kind of came in as a bundle or whatever. It came with the came launch with Xbox it. ones. Yeah, and so there was, you know, there was every every Xbox One had a Connect, so you can just kind of count on, you know, if you included uh, some sort of Connect feature, or you made a Connect game or whatever, you knew that every Xbox out there had it. But then when they stopped selling that to reduce the cost or whatever, because Xbox didn't do well at launch, um, then it kind of just, you know fragmented that and then now connect is just like dead i don't even know if there is like any anything connect going on these days it still works as like the voice control for your xbox which is cool and other than that there's no features in games it actually like there's a good nintendo comparison because when they came out with the nintendo 2ds to make games work on both they kind of just stopped putting 3d in their games and so like the last couple big nintendo 3ds games didn't even support 3d which was kind of funny Oh, like at all, even on the 3DS. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. They uh, even though it was a Nintendo 3DS game, it didn't support 3DS. Like the Luigi's Mansion remake, I think Fire Emblem and 
a couple others I think didn't support 3D at all because they had the 2DS out there and it was doing well, so why bother? Right. Uh, unreleased. Here, let's see. Oh, these are new games. I'm looking at like Xbox. Oh, these are Xbox 360 games. Never mind. I was going to see when the last like Connect game was. Oh, geez. I think the Connectimals came out on Xbox One. I remember Zoo Tycoon had it. The launch game. All the launch games had it. Yeah. Dead Rising, um, Rise, yeah. Son of Rome. As a as a joke, when I when I left my last job, friends got me this like Sesame Street Xbox three nice. game. I think that was Connect compatible, and I remember just telling them it was they just like saw it in a bin in in shoppers. So if you ever wonder who buys those like games in the shoppers drug marts that are just like in the mm-hmm. bin selling for like five ten bucks or whatever, that's who buys them. Uh, nice. I remember just being like, guys, I don't have, I don't, I doubt this thing is backwards compatible on Xbox One. I don't have a Connect. Like this thing's literally useless. And they're like, no, just whatever. It's funny. Just keep it. <laughs> so I have this random 360 game. It's the only 360 game I own. Um, nice. Just sitting on my shelf, and it's just Sesame Street. <laughs> That's awesome. Don't know what to do with it. Um, so CNE, I think I've listed all these things. Migs, yeah. So is there anything else? I think we're, I think we're good. So across, like. I mentioned this last podcast, but like we're trying to like do better with the gaming events and stuff like that, especially now that we're kind of wide. Uh, so anyone who's like kind of listening, so they I guess we don't really have much in British Columbia out here, so we might have to do a little bit of digging to see what events are kind of going on. Well, in, reboots uh, happening in Banff. What's reboot? Like the show? That's the no, the develop red or whatever. Or did that happen already? No, I'm pretty sure it's October. Yeah, October thirtieth to November first in Banff Springs. Is that a gaming thing or is it like a dev thing? Uh, it's more of a dev thing, definitely. But here, I'll I'll just I'll link it quick. Um, but yeah, that's coming. Oh, Oculus is a sponsor in there, and Matt and Square Enix. So there's a couple. Uh... There's a bunch of great speakers. I was looking at the list. They've got Mike Wilson from Devolver Digital. Um, let's see. Oh, Dan Gray from Us Two Games. They made like Monument Valley. Um, Carol, Carla Rylance from the Coalition probably have a lot to say about Gears of War Five. Oh yeah, which we're going to talk about later. Yeah, Austin Wintry he composed the soundtracks for Assassin's Creed Syndicate, Abzu, Journey, um, the Banner Saga. There you go. So I've it never, looks like a pretty awesome lineup of speakers. I've never been to Banff, but I hear it's amazing. I went once when I was a kid because I have family out there. But I have not been since. It's, uh, I don't know if this is true, but it was always called, like, every time I hear about it, it's called the STD Capital of Canada. I could see that. <laughs> so I don't know if that's true, but I hear it's, like, gorgeous because it's right on the, the hill of the mountain or whatever like that. The other thing that I'm always confused about is just why isn't there, like, a million Banffs? Because, like, the mountains are sort of, they're giant. So can't you just create a bunch of cities across, like, the hill of the mountain, of the Rockies? I imagine it's pretty hard to build a big hotel on the side of a mountain. I'm, I'm not. I'm not an architect. But... I'm not, and I'm, I'll say it's. I'm sure it can be done pretty easily. <laughs> if you got enough money, I feel like. You yeah, can. that's true. Oh, there's a there's a bunch of cool developers. Rami Ismail from Flame Beer is going to be there. Um, 
Oh, and actually, you uh, the, the tweet you kind of sent to me is is from uh, Alberta makes uh, Alberta makes games. Actually, they're they're kind of like what we were trying to do with Toronto game devs. Um, so if you're interested at all in the Alberta kind of game dev scene, maybe check them out. It's AB makes games uh, on Twitter. Uh, they have a website and they're and they're hosting like game jams and stuff like that. And and basically, they're just trying to do exactly what we're trying to do, but for more of just Alberta. So uh, give them a follow. It looks super pricey because it is a developer conference, but it's eight hundred and forty Canadian Oof. for for a standard pass. Damn, that's like yeah. um, what's the one in San Francisco that's always super expensive? Oh, GDC. Yeah, yeah, it's not very accessible. And then you got to fly all the way to Banff and get hotel rooms at the Fairmont there, which is probably really expensive. Yeah, I'm sure every. I'm sure like during certain times of year, whenever they have their like conferences, shit just in the city just kind of goes up like. 30%. <laughs> I could see that. Like, food just gets a little more expensive. Uh, parking becomes, like, more expensive. Things like that. Um, I guess we can just kind of go to the news time now. Sounds good. Number one. The last episode of Assassin's Creed's premium DLC is finally out. Uh, this one's called the... Well, it's part of the Fate Atlantis, and it's called Judgment. Uh, I played the very first one that was... So, th- they've done six paid DLCs, basically. There's three kind of main episodes. Or sorry, two main episodes and three kind of chapters as part of them. Um, and I did the first one, which was about like the first assassin, the first blade. Uh, and now the last one's out. So if you have the season pass or the gold pass or whatever it is, um, now all the paid DLC is kind of available. Uh, so judgment. Of, so the se- so the second like chapter of it dealt with. Uh, I don't know. Did you play Assassin's Creed Odyssey? I didn't. I've seen a bunch of gameplay, but have not played it myself. So. Not to spoil it, I guess, because it's still fairly new, but Atlantis does kind of, like, play a part in kind of the mythos of the game. Um, so I think this, this just kind of expands on, on that and who your character is and, and stuff like that. So all that's out. I think they're still kind of pumping out free DLC for the game. Um, like, just challenges and, like, new bosses and, and little quests and stuff like that. This game, like, Brett and I kind of talked about this quite a bit, but, like, this game has so much freaking content in it. It's just... It's like ridiculous. Like you, if you're uh, one of those people who like really hates seeing check marks on a map and you need to kind of finish them off, like I would stay away from this game because oh no, it just I when I I platinumed it and I still had like thirty or forty quests to do. Not to mention the ones that I just kind of skipped and didn't like initiate. And who knows if those quests kind of branch off to other quests. Uh, and then that that was even before like the DLC. Like I I stopped after the first chapter of the DLC. So there's been five kind of new like significant chapters since then. And the first one took me maybe like six or seven hours to beat. So theoretically, there's probably about thirty thirty five hours of extra content from the game. Not to mention the free DLC that they've packed in. So there's just so much shit in this game. Um, and it it's kind of like. It was like it was too much. It was sort of like when I played The Witcher Three, and I'm like, "There's just too much shit in this game." Um, it was a lot of fun, but I played. I think I played like 90 hours or so, and I just have so much. Like, there's so much still to do in it. But now my trophies are all kind of messed up, so I gotta kind of go back at some point. You gotta. <laughs> so if you're, um, I mean, they're not coming out with Assassin's Creed this year, I believe. I think they're skipping this year too. Um, I think I'm going to quickly check that. Yeah, that... it's just Watch Dogs in the spring. Uh, yeah, in 2020. 
But oh yeah, yeah, we would know if there's a new Assassin's Creed 2019. So the new one, like there must, there might be a new one in 2020 when, uh, like in the fall of 2020 when the new consoles are out, maybe. Maybe. Um. Because yeah, they took. I mean, they took the break off between. Uh, I believe it was Unity and or no, it was Syndicate and, and Origins. Origins. Yeah. And I mean, Origins was awesome. I had a lot of fun with Origins. Um, and Odyssey was pretty much the exact same game, just in a different setting. So hopefully now, with they take another break and with the new gen kind of starting up, maybe the next it's like a real big jump for the next one. Who knows? If anyone has those development kits, it's Ubisoft. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, they were always, especially with Nintendo, they were always kind of front and center when it comes to like new systems. Oh man, Zombie U was severely underrated in my opinion. <laughs> it was alright. I wasn't that big a fan of it, but I, I liked what it was trying to do. Um, it was, you know, you die and you kind of have to start over and, and you got to go back to your like your other body, like your the other previous person to get yourself. That was such an underused, like, especially in zombie games. Like, I played a lot of zombie games, and I don't think I've played another one except State of Decay, where that's actually a core feature. So I think that's underused. And I really liked how you manage your inventory in real time. I mean, that's like The Last of Us, but it's still a cool feature where you're, like, you're looking down at the gamepad to drag your inventory around. You have to look up at the TV to make sure zombies aren't sneaking up on you, and it adds that suspense to it, where in other games, time just freezes, and you can manage your inventory as much as you want just do whatever you want yeah i mean that's the that was like the the reasoning behind like why tank controls were kind of so useful or so like um so fitting for resident evil because it's like your character couldn't move that well so it made the zombies who were like slower and shittier kind of more frightening and i remember i remember thinking that playing zombie U, uh just like you're looking at your the gamepad like trying to craft or whatever and and the whole time something could be happening um, I played it on PS. I did I play it on Wii U. I don't even know if I played it on Wii U because it was ported to PS4. So maybe that was my issue because it definitely wasn't made for PS4. It was meant to like be used with that controller, uh, and maybe that was always kind of my issue with it. But I, I remember just kind of like playing it for five hours and being like, "Ah, this is fine," and then I just I left it. Yeah, like uh, Raymond Legends was made specifically for Wii U, and then they sort of at the last minute made it a ps4 xbox one game and all of like the levels with the little frog guy that was meant to be done with like a stylus on the gamepad so it really lost it when you just press a button and it automatically does it for you on the tv yeah yeah i got uh 29 of the trophies in zombie oh yeah they changed the name i guess because it's not on the u but zombie ps zombie s4 (laughs) zombie one zombie no e (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Zom- zombie um so yeah assassin's creed if you're if i mean if you've been following this game they've just they've put so much stuff into it and and brett and i have kind of talked about this where it's like you can't you, now you can't go back to how assassin's creed games were before because like assassin's creed 3 i remember looking this up like it takes like maybe 20 hours to beat and like maybe like 30 hours to 100 percent. and assassin's creed odyssey takes like four times as long to do those um and so it's just like if you wanted like a tighter it's kind of like what happened with batman and the arkham asylum arkham city arkham knight it's like arkham i always thought arkham asylum was the better game because it was just like smaller and tighter and, and much more of a compact kind of game but once you kind of open the world up and give all these players like sort of the freedom to do things you can't like it's hard to go back because then it's just like well the other game had four times as much content and you're charging me the same price unless they kind of 
charge less, but I doubt Ubisoft would ever do that with Assassin's Creed game or any other like AAA game. Yeah, I tend to agree. Like Arkham Asylum was just such a, a focused, tight experience. And you see it a lot with franchises, obviously as they ramp up they have to outdo the last one. And once they have like the engine solid, it's less time spent making it work and more time spent making content. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Actually, that might be the reason with Assassin's Creed why Odyssey just had so much stuff in because it's it's very much the same game as Origins. That's why I want, I think, and this is something I have complaints with Assassin's Creed for doing, is when you put them out every single year, it gets less and less special. And Pokemon. I have an issue with Pokemon. Whereas if they took the Rockstar approach and just disappear for five years, don't do anything, don't tell me anything, and then just announce a new game and release it in a couple months, that's like the best way to get hype i think and because then it's special like that's a release yeah. that people re- line up for around the block no i agree i agree um you just don't really get that with the like when they once they decide a game is like yearly you kind of you lose that like call of duty isn't really special anymore mm-hmm. they had to do a lot of like they've had to kind of go back to world war Two, or like they made it with robots and in the future and all that stuff they have to do like kind of interesting things with the setting and that's the thing with Assassin's Creed. It's like the setting is always like the best part because it's always like places and games where you don't really kind of go to. Like Assassin's Creed Odyssey is is like uh, ancient Greece, like in 44 BC or whatever. It's it's pretty like there aren't many games that take place there. Mm-hmm. Um, and same with uh, same with Origins, which was like Egypt. Same with uh, you know Syndicate, which I think was like Victorian uh, uh, Paris. Um, oh, uh, England. It was England. Or yeah. England. Right, Victoria. Unity, Unity was a uh, revolutionary Paris, which yes, is pretty cool. It. I was mixing up my <laughs> my times. There, there would be no Victorian uh, Paris, um, and so the, it's a lot of it's a lot of places that it's like. I remember there was always the rumor that they're going to do like the modern Assassin's Creed, and I'm like, please don't, because like the coolest mm-hmm. thing about Assassin's Creed is that you go to like play, like settings in the world and time that no other game really dares to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully, I'm sure, obviously, Assassin's Creed is, is nowhere being done. I'm assuming we'll see one in 2020 that'll be out on PS5 and Xbox, whatever, whatever the new one is. Um, and hopefully it's, you know, hopefully it's a cool setting or whatever. I don't know what they'll do, though, because Origins was supposed to be the origin, and then they went back even further in time to Odyssey. So I don't know if they just kind of want to keep rewriting the story or if they want to visit Altier again or whatever. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Xbox I mean, 2, that's what the next one's going to be. Oh my god, could you imagine? <laughs> I heard a rumor, or I read a rumor that they're just going. That the rumor was that PlayStation Five would just be called the PlayStation. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like that either. I feel like you got to kind of keep. You got to keep. Now that you're in this number iteration thing, you're just keeping it so simple when no one else is doing that. You got to keep yeah. going for it. Yeah, they're the only ones still doing that. Xbox is doing their own thing. Nintendo's doing their own thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, just do the next number. It's fine. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, number two, Riverbond's coming to Switch later this year. Uh, Riverbond Yay. came out on uh, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, uh, and PC last June. Uh, it's now been, I think it was always confirmed for Switch, but now they've kind of confirmed that's for Switch later this year. Uh, there's also going to be a new world as well that they've uh, kind of just simply said that there will be a new world. I don't, I don't even know if they said they would be free or anything like that. I think they just literally said some DLC coming to the game. Um, if you haven't had a chance to play Riverbond and you're a Game Pass member, you can play, it's part of Game Pass on Xbox One. That's how I played it. Uh, I was really looking forward to this game. I played it uh, and and enjoyed it. It wasn't. I thought there. Was, I thought there would be like RPG mechanics in it. So I was a little disappointed there wasn't. It didn't have any. 
Um, but still, like, it's always cool to see those pixels, like, places just kind of blow up in pixels and, and stuff. It, like, yeah. It ran smooth and stuff like that. I hope, like, the Switch, we were talking about this on the Discord, um, but hopefully the Switch can kind of keep up with, like, all the pixel kind of destruction that's going on in this game. Yeah. Especially when it gets hectic with, like, can you play four players? I know you can play yes, two. Yes, I, yeah. I did play four player, and it was pretty hectic and it does that thing that like the lego games do where if one person walks too far off screen they just die and they have to like come back as a bubble and mm. which is gets a bit annoying but i hope for the switch port they get like some cool nintendo characters in it because like in the basic one they have like the bastion kid and oh, yeah, that's right I think they have Juan. Yeah, they have. I think they no. have Juan. Uh, no, I think you're right. I think they have Juan. Yeah, I think there's a bunch of indie characters, and so I hope they do what other indie games on Switch do, where they get some like, not not necessarily indie games, but like Minecraft had the Mario skins, Bayonetta had Samus. Um, oh, there are a couple other ones I'm, I'm blanking on, but they get to have Nintendo characters in them, which would be cool. Yeah. Uh, I was I'm checking their site to see if they kind of promote that like the extra skins but i don't see it um oh it's on the pc game pass as well so if you got the game pass ultimate you got no reason not to give this game a shot um yeah i I think that would actually be kind of cool of nintendo to allow them to do it even if they don't want to kind of do mario or whatever you could still like hook them up with like uh like a samus skin or something like that and and uh like a zelda one is probably what makes the most sense um Mm -hmm. because you get swords and other shit like that or just like a um link or zelda or, or ganon or someone from that series i think is what makes the most sense yeah or even if they just get other indie games like they haven't done shovel knight yet and he's in everything they could do hollow knight or overcooked or get an undertale character in there i don't know that'd be cool celeste oh my god i would love that (laughs) what was that fighting game with juan in it brawl stars uh brawl 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 or something like that brawl no brawl out on PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Yeah, it had Juan in it, and it had another one. I think... Mm, site's loading here. Oh, but I like... I, I like the the crossovers a lot. Yeah, it's Juan, Ukulele, and the guy from Dead Cells. Oh, I didn't play Dead Cells. I know who you're talking about, though. Yeah, oh, and the guy from Hyper Light Drifter. So... Okay. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So yeah, get some of those guys in it. That'd be cool. Oh yeah, there's quite a bit actually. I'm looking at the character. I didn't play Brawlout is like a Smash Brothers clone type of game, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's. I think they were trying to capture the melee experience more than anything. Hmm. Um, but it's really hectic. I'm bad at it. I think the only Smash or the only fighting game I've been okay at is Smash. I'm not even that great at Smash. <laughs> Uh, number three, Rogue Legacy. Rogue Legacy has a stealth release on iOS. It's out now. Uh, I believe it was ninety nine cents, but I think that might be over now. Let me actually just. Well, I mean, uh, you're most likely not listening to this podcast on the Sunday that we're recording it, but let's just check to see. Uh, Rogue Legacy is a roguelike RPG that came out oh like two thousand like eleven originally, two thousand twelve, long time ago. Uh, from Cellador Games here in Toronto. Uh, this one's a Rogue Legacy Wonder Edition. It packs uh, a couple extra iOS features, including a new control scheme, uh, new traits, rooms, mini-bosses, and stuff. Um, and you can check it out. I, I loved Rogue Legacy. It was so good. Like, on Vita. I played on Vita, and it was, it was, like, it was probably one of my favorite Vita games. Um, 
It's dollar thirty nine on iOS right now. I think I got to it too late because, like, this is the one that like kind of helped set off the the roguelike craze. But like, I'd played a bunch of newer roguelikes since, kind of like Into the Gungeon and Goner and a couple other games. Mm-hmm. And then I went back and tried to play Rogue Legacy, and because like you have to think about the time it came out and how impressive it was, I think, and what it inspired and like the games i've played since that it helped inspire i liked more so kind of a victim of its own success what what rogue legacy did for me was it because it had the rpg stuff in it and like every time you die um you can you keep like a certain amount of your coins or whatever and and you can like kind of get stronger and there's like a skill not a skill tree but like a tree of just like stats and stuff um and then it had the like the the inherited uh stuff that you would get further down the line so like you, you might have a character that's like small uh or a character that's super fast or or that does half damage on magic or something like that and it was that that i really really liked about it because it it was it relied more on the game like me just game better statistically and not just like skill wise whereas when i play games like um i played don't starve and I'm not, I'm not really big into roguelikes, but I played a couple, mostly like Canadian ones, just for the site and stuff. Uh, Don't Starve, there's Cryptarch, um, and a few others. And maybe I don't have the, maybe I need to find the ones that have the RPG elements, but those ones don't. And so as soon as you die, the game is over. And it's just like, all you really have is just the skills and knowledge that you kind of learned from the previous play. And you mm. use that to get better. And I typically like it more when I can also get better statistically. Mm-hmm. Like literally, my my health will be like ten points higher the next game, and that just kind of, um, that just kind of helps for me to get with the roguelikes. And I, uh, another one is um, oh, what's the weird one with Bind- uh, Binding of Isaac? Oh yeah, I have a friend who just is absolutely in love with that game, and uh, and I, the only time I've ever played it was with him. And I think you get like a few stat, like a few, I think you get like a few kind of extra things that you can unlock during your matches mm-hmm. but you don't actually like get higher health or anything like that and i i just never i i never had the patience i guess to kind of keep up with games like that where mm-hmm. it's like i need something substantial that i that i didn't just waste an hour here and just now i know a little bit more about the game you know mark brown on youtube does an interesting video on roguelikes you might be interested in um you know his channel game makers toolkit oh yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't. He does an episode about roguelikes, and he compares like the two types you're talking about there, and like why he thinks some work better than others. And uh, it's it's really interesting deep dive into the the genre and why it connects with some people the one way, and doesn't connect for some people the other way. Because like the point he gives against what you're saying is like, if you can't start a roguelike and beat it your very first time if you're just really good is it really a roguelike because you have to die to upgrade your health and get better right over the course of playing a bunch of different runs so some people want that like if i was just really really good i can sit down and just beat this the first time kind of like uh splunky or something like that and the thing that you do get from dying is just more knowledge and better at the game but then there's the inverse of that where like you don't feel like you're making any progress at all so yeah, it's, like, it's an interesting I, video. I'll like link it. It's just always I I I thought about like if I would like Rogue Legacy if it didn't have those things and it was just balanced so that you know like you said you can just beat it your first time if you're really really good. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's more of just I don't have the patience, um, and I like too many games and I, and I just want to play too many other games that if I play an hour and a half 
of something and die and then don't have something to kind of show for it, mm-hmm. uh, then I just, I'm like, well, that was a waste of my time. <laughs> you know, I need the trophies. Like I need the, I need something to like be happy and move on. It's kind of like when I was playing Persona 4 or what was the last one? Persona 5? Yeah. Um, and Persona 5, I played like an hour and a half of it and all I did was really hang out with my friend and I took a test and, uh, you know, you went to the mall with your friends and then you're done and you're just like, what did I just accomplish? Like, I didn't do anything. <laughs> I just lived the life of a teenager, which is totally the point of that game and, and th- that section. But, you know, when you only have so much time for a game or work is stressful or whatever and you just want to unwind... You know, you kind of want to have something to show for for what you did. Did you just message me the, the video you are just talking about? Yeah, yeah. I'll give it a shot. Give, give that a watch sometime. The real unlock in Persona is the friends we make along the way. <laughs> oh, man. I, Persona 5 is another one of those games that i got to get back to. I Well, they're coming out with the new one, Persona 5R, that's going to have a bunch of new content, a bunch of tweaks. I, can't, I need to get through the original content. The, the original content's still there, but the new one's just going to be, like... But more fleshed out, new characters, tweak some things people didn't like from the first one. Hmm. I don't know. Let's see. Let me check my... It'd be a different trophy list, though, won't it? Yes, probably. Yeah, so, I mean, that's... Can't can't do that. Can't. You're a slave to the trophies, <laughs> I, man. I am. I am. Uh, Persona 5, yeah, I have 17% of the trophies. And I definitely played this game a significant amount. Like, 20, 25 hours. Significant comparison to other games. To a Persona <laughs> game... You know, I've got two of the story trophies out of, like, ten. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, 20 hours is not is not nothing for a game. No, that's that's a commitment. Yeah. Think, so, of, think of how many indies you could beat in that time. I, oh, I could have crushed The Messenger. I could have crushed The Celeste. I could have crushed Rogue Legacy. So many. A short hike. Short. That's true. Short hike. All these games that we've talked about before. Actually, Rogue... Um, not Rogue Legacy. Uh, Celeste is a game that I started playing and, did, and need to get back into as well. There's a lot of games like that where I'm just like, I'll try this, and then I... I'm like, this is good, and then I just, I guess it's not good enough for me to, to catch me, and then I just move on. But Celeste was definitely one of those ones I need to get back to. Mm-hmm. Uh, another uh, Canadian developed game. Uh, he's in Montreal, I think. Matt makes games? No, they're in Vancouver, or... I'm pretty sure. I think. Last time I checked. Let's find out. You might be Matt right. Thorson. He's making a lot of um, Mario Maker levels that I really like, so I've been I... following that. I, I, yeah, I heard that he's getting a lot of like uh, press from about that. They're good. I, I like them. Yeah, it says Vancouver on his Twitter. So okay. Have you played a lot of Mario Maker? Is it good or? Um, yes, I think so. I bought a stylus because it's infuriating to use with your fingers, and I got chubby fingers. But I think if you get a stylus and you really like designing and ripping apart Mario levels, it's cool. Or even if you just follow people on Twitter who are making a lot of levels and you like their other games, then it's worth it, which is like probably half of each for me. Because a lot of people I follow are posting levels, and then I like watch Twitch streamers who play levels, and then they share the code so I can try and beat it. It's cool. Are they just really... Are like? I think I mentioned this, but like the thing I had, the problem I had with the first game is that a lot of the levels just kind of became like, how do I make this stupidly difficult Um for so that no one can solve it or so no one can beat it and then it's like it's not necessarily a a good designed level it's just like a really stupidly hard level and i felt like mario maker was kind of turning into that um for the first one is do you do you find that with the second one like where there's a little more creative because maybe it's just the limitation of the tools that they're given 
is there like more creative levels that are not yeah definitely i think if you're an inexperienced designer you're like your first reaction or like first instinct is to try and make a crazy over the top level but like those aren't good mario levels in mario games but you see a lot of designers doing cool things with that like i played one that was basically shawshank redemption but with a yoshi and so you're like getting this yoshi out of a prison like going through tunnels and like breaking down walls and like avoiding lights and like the stuff like that is really cool i saw somebody oh what's the guy's name he co-founded uh id and then made like wolfenstein and stuff anyway he made a level and it was uh it was like a first person um adventure game no i'm gonna find it I think I know who you're talking about. He has like a he has long hair and a beard, right? He's like a beard, and he lives in like. He has a goatee. I'm pretty sure. Anyway, I'm not gonna find it. I think I messaged it to myself. Let me see here. John His Romero. Is... No, the other guy. I got it. It's Tom Hall. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, game designer, co-founded it, Wolfenstein 3D Doom. Uh, but yeah, so he did this level called 3D Maze House. And so he basically made, I'll send it to you quick on Discord so you can look at it. He basically made like a classic um, adventure game where you play as uh, Mario's in the bottom right and you pick different warp pipes to go different directions in a house and then you um, try and solve this like mystery. What? And how, it's do you, like, how do you do that? <laughs> exactly. So you see it and you're like, how, how did you make this in Mario Maker? But how? that's the type of stuff people are making. Ooh. Okay, you might have just sold me on this game. That is. I saw somebody make. They made a rhythm game uh, modeled after Guitar Hero where you have to hit blocks as they come down uh, on on like a track. And if you miss one, then like bombs start to get closer to you on the sides. And yeah, people are doing crazy stuff like that that makes it totally worth it, in my opinion. Wasn't there? There was like an interrogation one as well, wasn't there? Where you're in like a yeah, room. you're you're in a room with a Goomba. <laughs> it's so funny. I won't spoil it for anybody, but yeah, people are doing crazy stuff like that all the time. Have you have you paid attention to Dreams at all on PS4? I have, and it's interesting because that's what uh, it launched as fifty bucks, which I think is cool because I I think developers like especially PlayStation, especially or I said especially twice, are going to start to explore different prices for their games. So we're going to start to see more like $39.99 and $49.99 games. And it's basically, it's a game engine is what they've made. But it's really hard to use the PS4 controller, which is why they push you to use the PS Move controllers. Um, Yeah, you can create pretty much anything in Dreams. And it's funny, it became like a meme for a bit on Twitter. It was like, look at this screenshot of Spider-Man on PS4 jokes that was made in dreams and like <laughs> people are doing stuff like that and it's really cool i would definitely play the game as someone just checking out other people's levels because i think the time it would take to get in there and figure out it's it's basically a game engine i think to i, I out think i heard that they're like hiring people to make games in dreams like the, i could totally see that which is i think um i think it's supposed to have like vr play as well maybe not yeah yeah it supports some vr because right you now, can use the, let me check. Because you use the uh, move controllers uh, in like sculpting and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it supports PSVR as of April 2019. Ooh. 
I don't know. You got me. You got me juicing for Mario Maker now because I was like, I remember I was so hyped for Mario Maker. I was in Japan when it came out, and so there was demos and shit all over the place. And I remember playing it and just being like, "This is dope." And then when I finally got the game, it was it didn't have the single player thing really. It had like I had like levels pre created, but it was just sort of they're just levels that you kind of just went one from to the other to the other to the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then. I tried making levels and I'm not, I was never really good at making levels ever. Um, and, and then the levels that I would be playing from other people were always just like, like I said, like, how can I just make this the stupidest, hardest shit ever? Mm-hmm. Uh, just so I could see like, you know, 1% of the people beat it or whatever. And, uh, maybe, and like I said, maybe that was a limitation of the tools. Like I didn't really get that far into it. I also wasn't really a huge fan of the Wii U anyways. Um, just cause it always felt like clunky and shit to use, but, now when mario maker 2 came out i know there's there's the nintendo bump or whatever where people kind of get high on nintendo a little bit but now you're kind of you're making me kind of i don't know might look into this a little bit more the curation is definitely lacking and like i find all my favorite levels through people sharing them on twitter not in mario maker so that says something about how the game doesn't really bring the best levels to the top and i've definitely like when you play the mario 100 mode or whatever where it just randomly picks a level and you play through them that's like the worst way to play the game because you do get just like garbage levels yeah Um, they're either like incredibly easy or way too hard and yeah i think if you if you're looking for cool levels online and following like there's a couple streamers like patrick klepik from waypoint now vice gaming he does like a monday morning mario maker stream where he just plays popular levels that get sent to him and that's usually a good way to find cool levels. Hmm. 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 All right, you gave, me, you gave me something to think about, that's for sure. I was poo-pooing on the Switch a couple of weeks ago. Maybe this You is, were. Maybe this is the... Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, number four, Gears 5 has gone gold. What I didn't know is the game is actually called Gears 5, not Gears of War 5. But anyways, Gears 5 has gone gold, pretty much confirming September 10th release date. Uh, Gears 5 was announced at E3 2018 as the next game in popular Gears of War franchise. Uh, Gears of War, starting with Gears of War, I think the remake of the, or the reimagined, what am I trying to say here? The, the port of the first one was the first Gears of War Ultimate. Was the first one from Coalition Studio, uh, which is out in Vancouver, I believe. Uh, and then Gears of War 4 from a couple of years ago and Gears 5 now. Gears of War 5 will actually be out, uh, a couple days earlier if you have the Xbox Ultimate Game Pass or if you purchase Gears 5 Ultimate Edition. Are you a big Gears head at all? I've dabbled in them, but never really did anything for me i always liked the the like playing co-op i always liked like anything that has co-op i'm i kind of have a little bit more love for than normal was it mode the horde mode well is that the 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 popular one yeah that's like the, the i think that's what started the whole kind of pve or yeah pve thing where it's like you team up with like two three four people uh and take on like waves of enemies Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that started in 2 and then it's just been kind of reiterated since then um, I don't know, I liked Gears of War 4 played it, it was on Game Pass I played it uh, with my buddy and, and kind of finished it just recently just to kind of get into the Gears mode um, I'm excited for September 10th, I'll download it first day and actually we're like just a month away so um, I'll be excited there's also the achievement list online if you're interested in that um but yeah, it has the horde mode, has the verses. I was always awful at verses. Like I just get my ass handed to me every single time. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, you know it's it's probably Xbox's biggest thing this uh, this fall, 
and I guess probably actually one of their last big games because Halo comes out in 2020, but they've already announced that that's going to be on the next Xbox as well. So Project Scarlet. That's right. Oh yeah, that's right. They yeah. Imagine if they just if that's what they call it. Xbox. No, that would be so stupid. Actually, well, that's interesting. If you, if you Google Project, there's actually a Project Scarlet page on the Xbox. On site. Xbox? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Because the... the other one was Scorpio, and that just became the Xbox One X, yeah. which is the worst name for a console, dude. Xbox One X. Like, oh, their name. Their naming I, thing sucks. I thought the PS4 Pro was pretty. Like it, it tells you exactly what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All there is is there's a little video that's just a hype. It just talks about some GDDR memory and Halo Infinite. That's all the page has. But frame rates. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's it for the news this week. Unless there's anything, uh, Stephen, that you kind of know about that we should mention. Um, no, I saw, I read a Polygon article about, have you heard of the game Foundation from uh, Polymorph Games in Quebec City? I have not. I heard, I just heard about it this week, it, they got covered in Polygon, and it looks like a really cool, like, um, medieval city building sim, which is something I don't know if I've played before. I've definitely, like played empire and like civilization sims but you specifically just building one medieval city and it looks really really pretty it's in early access right now on steam and i'm interested in it and they're trying to leave early access soon ish what's it called sir foundation yeah it's by polymorph games and it's cool when like i discover like just a random canadian indie on like a big site like polygon which i think is it's it's so hard to get uh, exposure in the gaming news scene that i don't know i think that that's cool and i hope that they do well and i think i might pick it up in early access because i look at early access kind of like like a cheap pre-order because like i did the same thing the only early access game i bought was we happy few because it was like 23 bucks which would be half of the new price so you're basically just getting like a half off pre-order and you can play it now yeah and then uh, I, I was thinking of doing that for Foundation. It's it's thirty three bucks right now, so it'll probably be like a sixty nine ninety nine dollar game when it's done. Oh wow, that has almost has over almost nineteen hundred reviews though. I know. I, how did I not know about this game before? I love it's just how too, on the too Steam, many games out there. I know it's crazy. I love how on the Steam page it has the logo Foundation, and then their big thing that they're hyping up: new bad weather and balancing. You gotta have bad weather. <laughs> it's medieval times. No, that's true. I feel like a storm could just wreck your entire, like, that was back in the day where if, like, you know, if, if there was, like, a tornado that just wrecked your village, you're dead. You're, yeah. <laughs> like, you're done. All your goats are gone. That's that's it for you. <laughs> yeah, like, your life is over, buddy. That was the, the only big Canadian news thing I read. But yeah, definitely people check it out. I'm probably going to get it sometime, and I'll talk about it on the show. Maybe next week or so. Maybe. Um... Yeah, actually, nothing kind of came across uh, like came across this week for me. Although this week at work was just kind of bananas. Um, I'm just kind of looking to see. I knew I wanted to hype up game uh, the Alberta makes games. Uh, let me just kind of quickly go through the Twitter mentions, see if like and the CNE Gaming Garage uh, posted about that. Da-da-da-da. Yeah, I mean that's it. We could probably just talk about the games we've been playing. All right. 
what have you what well I know you what have you been playing at least because I saw you tweet about it but what what uh, what have you been playing this week? So I just beat the Spider Man DLC. Um, it was not the best. Yeah, it's not it was. Great, right? It's really not that good, and I I really wanted it to be. I also made a video about it in specifically the first DLC pack called The Heist. Um, it's just really basic, and the camp the like story doesn't really make a lot of sense. It ends really abruptly, like the credits started to roll, and I was like, "Wait, like there's nothing after that?" It was really sort of anticlimactic. Yeah, but it's got more like swinging around and. The combat's still tight. I still prefer Batman, I think. It's my favorite. But, like, superhero fighting game. But the combat in Spider-Man's also pretty tight. But yeah, man, the the story just really fell flat for me. And all of the missions kind of felt like filler. Yeah. The the thing I do like is they're really setting up uh, Peter's relationship with Miles. Which, in the main game, he, like, sort of gets introduced at the end I guess minor spoilers, but you know Miles Morales as like a, another Spider-Man in the same universe. I think it's a very because he gets bit, and then the very end, one of the last kind of scenes of the base game is Miles kind of showing that he can like attach himself to the wall, and then Peter does yeah. the same thing. <laughs> and so they do this cool thing in the DLC where like you'll be in the middle of a fight or something, and Miles will call you and be like, "Hey, Peter, just wondering when we're like meeting up next." Or like, "Hey, Peter, I was playing basketball and I accidentally like." dunked so hard the whole basketball neck shattered and now everyone's suspicious about me and it's like little conversations like that that i really liked but overall it's just it was it was kind of a bummer dlc do you feel like uh like did you play all three or did you just play the kind of the first one i've beat all three yeah do you feel like it kind of ruins the base game for you because when i played that game it was like my game of the year like it was it was just straight up fun uh swinging around and fighting crime and shit was so good I, I got the platinum. I didn't feel like it was a grind or anything like that. And then I waited a couple months. Um, I think I like I don't know when the last DLC came out, but I played it this year, like I, I like in April or May, and I just kind of crushed all three episodes, kind of in in the afternoon or in, in one day or whatever. And I it almost like by the end of it, I was just so tired of it, and it kind of just ruined the. The, the game overall to me where I'm like now I don't look onto it as fondly yeah I can definitely see it's like the last taste like the last thing you remember from the game I don't think it ruined it for me but it definitely like ugh gave me that <laughs> feeling of like Spider-Man 2 needs to like come out and just really remind me why the, the main game was so tight for me yeah. and I hope they don't it even really... made me oh, no sorry. go ahead I, I hope they don't like they probably will have DLC but I hope they kind of do it a little bit differently where it's like I don't know, like more comic booky sort of just like hit of the week type of things, not this like overarching story with like because they hinted at the Felicia stuff in the base game, mm-hmm. um, and I hope it's just sort of like I don't know whatever a Spider-Man minor character is like Mysterio or he was minor until he was in the movie, but whatever a minor character like bad hero is, and just has like it's just it's sort of like a couple missions surrounding them and doesn't try to connect it um, to the base game and, and stuff like that, and it's sort of it's almost like uh like running parallel to the base game like it's just sort of like a, a you like you just kind of hit it and you're like i just want to do this quick thing and then um, yeah i would prefer that although that said i did like the little miles bits but overall like forcing sable stuff back into it and black cat and eh, yeah that didn't really the, do it for me people... but you could have that miles side stuff and still do just like 
bad guy of the week for this DLC. Yeah, I mean, the bad guys that they did pick weren't really, like, that great for the DLC. Like, Felicia, like, Felicia is not really... I mean, Felicia was already in the base game, sort of, and it's not really that super compelling of a character to me anyways. And, like, the that... Oh, man, I don't even remember what her name is. Like, that tw- that YouTube... like Screwball oh, is the God. worst, worst character. She's, she's in the main game, too, but, like, she was just awful in that game. Oh, man. And I can't even really even tell you who the kind of bad guys were, um, in the in the in the DLC, other than like Sable kind of coming back, and whatnot. But yeah, it would have been cooler if it was just like, I don't know, it was Vulture. I don't think Vulture was ever in the game. If they just had like a Vulture kind of side story uh, as like a DLC, and it's just like no, he he was a you fought him with the Electro in the main game. So who's the side story? Who's this? Maybe they just put too many bad characters in the base game. Who's a? Who's a? Because I'm trying to think. Doc Ock was in it. Was Lizard in it? Uh, I think so. He's one of the the. What's the five villain? Like the sinister? No, Sinister Six. Sinister Six. I think he was one of them because it was Doc Ock, Vulture, Electro. Um, I'm blanking. Well, the the like the black and white person, Mister Negative, or whatever. Oh yeah, Mister Negative. Um, let's see here. I'm trying to find oh, him. oh, Green Goblin. No, he wasn't in it. Oh, so Green. Oh, well, Green Goblin will probably be in the next one because it's right because they were setting up Osborn, yeah. and Sandman wasn't in it. Sandman, yeah, Sandman wasn't in the game. Yeah, they could do some cool ones with them. I'm sure they're like. I want to see Mysterio. That'd be cool. That would be cool. Oh yeah, Vulture wasn't it. Rhino, Rhino, Scorpio, Electro, Taskmaster, Shocker, Screwball, and Tombstone. Hmm. Oh yeah, th- oh yeah, that's right. They brought Tombstone back too for one of the DLCs. Yeah, it wasn't great. Yeah. Or Hammerhead? Was it Hammerhead or Tombstone? Hammerhead's the DLC villain. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm Tombstone, like... you fight. Well, you don't fight him, but Mary Jane like breaks into his base in the main game. And that's the other thing, like. The main game, now that I think about it, had a lot of like stuff I didn't like, kind of like the instant fail stealth sequences with Mary Jane and Miles, and the the hacking mini games always felt kind of gimmicky. And you could go into the settings and just turn off the hacking mini games, and it just does it for you automatically. Oh, really? Which I'm like, if you're so not confident in your your mini games, why would you put them in the game at all? Because like, I did the first couple and I was like, oh man, this is tedious and I just went into the settings I was like, wait, you can just turn them off? And a, it doesn't it doesn't affect trophies or anything, so you can just disable them. There was a trophy to like do them all in the in the main uh, like you're in Dr. Octavius's like lab or whatever, and that was like the worst trophy you get for me because I was just doing those boring, boring things. Um... Yeah, I mean the the bad guys in the next one will probably be like Osborn with Green Goblin or and uh, and Venom or whatever because it's like kind of a it looked like the if I remember correctly the symbiote was like a like a Oscorp designed not like a space thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. We're kind of spoiling it a little bit, but the game did come out. Actually, we're spoiling a lot, but the game <laughs> came came out quite a bit. Yeah, I didn't. So I I got all the trophies except for completing the screwball chase. And 100% in the last uh, DLC. Because I remember just being like so done with the game by that point. I got all the DLC trophies. It took a bit. But I think the only Spider-Man trophies I don't have are completing it on New Game Plus and on Ultimate. And I'm going to get both those in one go for right before Spider-Man 2 comes out, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah true, true. Um, is there anything else you've been playing? 
Uh, yeah, so I got a review code for Gibbous Cthulhu. What's the actual name of it? It's got a long name. Gibbous a Cthulhu Adventure, which is like a point-and-click adventure game. Um, developed by some, some lovely folks over in Romania, and they're actually based in Transylvania, which is really cool. Oh. So I've been talking to them, and, and it's really... I've never... I didn't even know about the game development scene in Romania and specifically Transylvania, but they're like making this game. That's like a point and click adventure game that's based on their hometown. So like all the buildings are like one-to-one kind of recreations of buildings around their hometown. And all the names and lore have been changed to like Lovecraft names. So it's like fish mouth and stuff from the, the Lovecraft, like science fiction books. Wow, this is giving me huge vibes back in like Indiana Jones, Fate of Atlantis, and and stuff. Like looking at these screenshots and animations and stuff, this looks. It's awesome. really pretty. The yeah. HD um, animations and and art are all really pretty, and so it's kind of inspired by like old LucasArts games like Day of the Tentacle and Grim Fandango, and there's some. Not some. I think it's a little on the nose with the Easter eggs in the game. Like, you find Grim Fandango's skull somewhere, and you see a giant Day of the Tentacle painting on the wall. And they make jokes about the genre of game they're in. Like, the main character, Buzz, will be, like, trying to... You, you like, try to click two things together as you do in a point-and-click adventure, and he's like, oh, this isn't that type of game, bud, or stuff like that. It's a lot of, like, fourth-wall-breaking things. And it reminds me a lot, strangely, of, like, guacamole 2's like real world references or like references to other games yeah Yeah. not it's it's not memes as much as like just easter eggs everywhere to the point where like it's almost cringy but it's not because you still love all those games and uh yeah i'm about halfway through it and it's really cool they actually got the guy who voiced the witcher to voice the character in the game Oh, wow. Uh, I forget his name but yeah which is cool and i was talking to him about that and uh, i was like how did you get that to work and he was like honestly i was at a convention and i went to see a talk by by him and then i went to talk to him afterwards like oh hey maybe we can get you in our next game haha like kind of jokingly and he was like why not this game and he was and i was like oh wow okay sure here's my card and like they started talking and they made it happen wow and like and he's like that just goes to show it never hurts to just ask because then you get the voice of the witcher in your game which is pretty cool yeah (laughs) yeah it's, it's pretty fun and the puzzles, like, my biggest complaint with point-and-click adventures is the puzzles are stupid and you end up just looking up a wiki or clicking everything and then dragging things yeah, on other like to see if they do anything. Yeah, it's, like, always combining, like, two random shit to just, like, do something or whatever. Or you have to, like... I'm looking at this one thing where the cat's, like, climbing up this pole to get you something that's high up, and I'm like, would you know that the cat can climb this pole? So it's actually the first point-and-click adventure game I've played where, like, I don't... I haven't gotten stuck for more than a couple minutes and i've felt pretty smart figuring things out and when i was talking to the developers they were like yeah our goal with this because that's our big complaint for other point click adventures too is they feel kind of obtuse and that can kind of like turn people off of finishing them and so every puzzle in the game they really want to like fit with the atmosphere and the like setting of the game so like all of the puzzles are kind of like woven into the story in a way that I really like. And so like you're breaking out of a prison cell and like you take a fire extinguisher and like smash the back off of it. And then it launches into the door and breaks it open and stuff. Like I felt pretty smart for figuring out, but I think we're kind of obvious, not in like a too easy way, but in a, 
in a, in a good way. It's it's definitely a an easier point click adventure, but I think that's a good thing. Sure. But yeah, so that, that's what I've been playing, and and I'm uh, working on an interview with them for my my own site, Steven's Universe, because it's not a Canadian game dev uh, thing, obviously. But yeah, I'm excited to to put that out. There you go. Um, what have you been playing? So I I did pick up uh, I did pick up Days Gone. Um, okay. It was on sale, and it was it's like I've been kind of eyeing it for a while. I have a friend of mine who just like really loved the game, and he was like, "Dude, just get it. You love uh, like I love zombie stuff and like post apocalyptic stuff. I can never say that word." Um, and I am I am really enjoying it. Like I, I mentioned last week about how there hasn't really been a game to kind of grab me the last couple of months. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this game really has like I am enjoying it quite a bit I like the characters uh, I like how we were also talking about Last of Us uh, how they never kind of combined the the zombies with the humans in gameplay mm-hmm. like it was it was always two separate things but that happens in this quite often so you just be mm-hmm. fighting people and then because of the noise they're making like freakers will kind of come <clears throat> so I think that's pretty cool my only complaint about the game is that it is so it's so freaking buggy like it, oh no I've downloaded like I'm I don't know what version I'm on, but it's definitely like past 1.1, uh, like 1.10 rather. Um, and I'm still like running into issues, like everything from just kind of collision detections and, and just, you know, just kind of weird oddity things to like straight up the game crashing on me. Um, oh no. It's just, it's just been brutal. Like one, one of them was I had to hunt some deer, uh, and bring it back to like my buddy. It was like a training mission or whatever. And, uh, I, I, I hunted all the deer or whatever and then I get on the motorcycle and ride back up and then I crash like the door to your camp kind of opens automatically but I crashed into the door um, to before it like opened up and normally that wouldn't kill you like you can hit a tree and stuff and fall off your bike and be fine but it killed me like instantly and then it <laughs> reset me back to the very start of the mission so oh even, no like, yeah and it was just like what <laughs> and then there's just been it's crashed on me twice where I'm just kind of riding along and just like I get the blue screen and it just says your PlayStation had a, suffered an issue or blah blah blah. Um, oh no! And it might just be me because I mess like I messaged my friend. I'm like, dude, this game is good, but like it is just it is just not like well put together. And he's like, I didn't have any issues. And it kind of reminds me of the Fallout 76 stuff where I really loved Fallout 76. Uh, I was like, it was one of my favorite games last year to be perfectly honest. And um, I had very few issues with the game. But obviously, mm-hmm. that was I was in the minority of that, and it's like kind of this is like karma coming back at me. It's like, well, <laughs> Fallout seventy six ran well for you, so Days Gone's not going to. I'm still really enjoying it, but yeah, it's it's just like a lot of technical hiccups. Like another one was uh, you'll have random events similar to like GTA games and stuff, mm-hmm. and one of them was uh, these people like had these two people like tied up, and uh, and it was the first time I ran into that event, so I didn't know what was really going on. And so I walked up to the girl who was like kind of holding them hostage and she had a gun and I thought I would get like some sort of dialogue thing, but I got the prompt to like stealth kill her and I'm like looking (laughs) right in front of her and she's not doing it. So I just killed her and then I like, that was the random encounter. Like I, I beat it. Oh wow. (laughs) I'm like, well, that's not, I don't think that's how that was supposed to go. Um, it's, 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 yeah, it's more often than not. There's like something that kind of goes along it doesn't have like hiccups or uh, it doesn't have like um frame rate hiccups or anything like that which is impressive because there's times where there's a lot of like enemies and shit going on on the map um it's just more of like 
it's a lot of collision detection, like a lot of just jank stuff that kind of characters will just fly out of nowhere. Your motorcycle will just kind of like just fly off onto onto somewhere. Um, it's a lot of weird stuff, but it's a lot of fun. I'm glad I picked it up, but could maybe could have used. A, I don't know. It's been patched quite a bit too, and I, and I w- went back and read some reviews, and so a lot of reviews were like really ripping it apart, and so I wonder like just what what's kind of going on like if it's just the foundations kind of messed up and so you can't really patch that stuff out or if they just need like six months instead of you know the three months or whatever it's been since it came out i don't know because now they're i read now they're putting in Sorry, challenges. Go ahead. Oh, i'm just saying now they're putting in like challenges and stuff so they're still like kind of work actively working on the game um and it's gone a few updates since then so it's it's still like being worked on but again i don't know if it's just me if i'm just getting bad luck but uh, you know, it, it hasn't been enough to for me to stop playing it. That's for sure. The bugs were definitely like a pretty universal experience from a lot of the reviews I read and watched. Like really funny ones, like you'd be walking and then a bear would spawn in front of you and instant kill you, or like <laughs> you'd be in the middle of a horde of zombies crouched and they wouldn't be able to text you and they'd like run through you. And but the the review I, I like the most is Jim Sterling's review, and he was like, there's a lot of kernels of really interesting things here just aren't popping in this big mess of technical issues. But if you're interested in those interesting kernels, then it's worth going into it to, to experience them. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. It has, like, a lot of cool little things. Like, you don't really have a currency in the game. You kind of just have, like... like I guess it's like currency, but with each camp. So if you do something for one camp, it, like the other camp doesn't really care about it. Um, so you kind of, and like one camp kind of specializes in bike stuff and the other one's more about weapons and stuff like that. So it's kind of like you're, you're, you're having an impact on like different parts of the world. Um, the characters you kind of have, I, I've met along, like, you know, you're trying to find your, your dead wife basically. Uh, and it's pretty obvious that she's not dead. Um, but the characters you kind of meet along the way for that has been really good. Like I'm maybe 10, 15 hours into it. Apparently it's a pretty big game too. Um, and it's just like, it, the world's pretty cool. It's cool to like do motorcycle stuff. I don't know why no one seems to be driving cars. Like they're like, no one else seems to drive anything other than a Harley Davidson, which <laughs> does make sense because sounds like the freakers are like attracted to sound. So like you're driving through these giant motorcycles and it's just like funny, but, um, that's yeah, when electric cars would be a commodity. I know. And it's like, I don't know, it's not too far from, uh, from it's in like Pacific Northwest, like Oregon and stuff like that. I got to imagine that there's some electric hybrids out there. It's a modern based game too. So I don't know. There's some, there's some hipsters around. Yeah. I figured like Microsoft is just nor, uh, just in Seattle. I got to imagine that there's some, some, uh, a lot of rich people out there with like who would have that or, or trucks. I'd imagine there'd be a lot of trucks out there, but no one seems to be driving a car. It's all bikes. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So it's just weird, but yeah, I'm I'm liking it quite a bit, and uh, you know, I think it's a good little appetizer before Last of Us. Mm. Uh, and I think that's that's kind of why I'm enjoying it because it's you know I was think I've been thinking about picking up Last of Us two or Last of Us um, again remastered. Yeah, remastered to kind of just replay, um, finish my like Survivor Plus playthrough or whatever. Uh, but I I don't know if I, I I still want to do that before last of us 2 comes out but um days gone has definitely hit that like kind of open world zombie itch crafting and whatnot um other than that i played tetris 
effect, but I didn't play much of it. But it's Tetris and it has a lot of cool effects. That's basically all I got. <laughs> yep, that's that's the best description of Tetris effect I've ever heard. That's all. That's all I got about that. Uh, I I didn't play that much. I played like one hour of it or whatever just to see what it was about. A lot of VR people, a lot of people on the PSVR subreddit like swear by this game. That's really cool to play in VR. So that's why I kind of it, picked it up. It is. I I have it too, and I really like it. Yeah. Um, on that. I don't think I really played much else. I kind of mean to jump into Dauntless. I think I did one night, but didn't really get much deeper in that. But other than that, it's been mostly... We should, we should stream it. We should stream it this week or we sometime should. soon. Yes. We need to set a schedule for streaming because that's like the way... That's how you do it, right? We have a schedule for this, so we just need to make one for, for streaming too. There you go. Slowly but surely. Um, yeah, we're, we'll get there. Yeah. So this has been episode 109 of the CanadianGameDose.com podcast. Again, you can uh, go to patreon.com slash CanadianGameDose to get the site a little, or get the podcast a little bit early, as well as a couple other perks, including uh, tags on our Discord and whatnot. Um, Stephen, if people want to find out where you are and who you are and want to know more about uh, maybe the games you've been reviewing, not for the site, uh, where can they do that? So I'm on uh, Twitter at Stephen Riley, S-T-E-P-H-A-N-R-E-I-L-L-Y. Uh, my blog is Stephen's Universe. It's named after my favorite cartoon, Stephen Universe. And yeah, I've been reviewing some indie games. I'll be doing some interviews. Um, but I'm hoping to do more interviews with Canadian developers on the Canadian game dev site because I think we have a lot to learn from one another, you know? And I, I'm just also interested in the people behind the games. So hopefully we can get that going. Uh, but yeah, uh, and then I work for Redmi Games here in Halifax. So you can find them on Twitter at Redmi Games. Uh, we stream other Canadian indies once a week on our Twitch. So that's fun. We've had a couple of people, actually someone from the Discord, Ego Ant, uh, tuned in this week and said hi. So that was fun. Thank nice. you for tuning in. Yeah, and I yeah. saw you're doing another Ocean game, weren't you? Yeah, we played some Project Winter. Oh, I guess I could have talked about that, but... Yeah, I played Project Winter. Every week we try and play a new CMF, which is the Media Fund-supported game. Uh, just show off what the fund helps get out there, kind of like our own games, uh, at Red Meat. And yeah, so we do that every Thursday at 2 on twitch.tv slash redmeatgames. Cool, cool. Um, yeah. And make sure you check out the site, CanadianGameDoes.com. Uh, Twitter, CanadaGameDoes, I think. I couldn't fit the Canadian. Um, we're on Instagram, too didn't uh haven't really posted there much but you know with steven's help that's the whole that's the whole point we're gonna we're gonna take over oh, we're gonna do it we're gonna do it uh and uh make sure you subscribe to the podcast on itunes we're on spotify as well and google play um those are the kind of the three main places if you can review us on google or itunes that would help us out quite a bit uh and uh we'll yeah we'll see you next week bye